Jackson Lebsack is a 22-year-old filmmaker, YouTuber, storyteller, and currently one of the filmers and editors for Jamie O'Brien, who, if you're not familiar with, is one of the best surfers in the world and also has one of the biggest YouTube followings in the world of surfing. Jackson is also the founder of JL Media Production Company, whose mission is to help fulfill visions and expose stories to the world. Jackson's story is truly inspiring. From dropping out of college to pursue a career as a filmmaker, to winning an epic dream job with Ski.com to travel the world and film at 19. We dive into his story and journey of ups and downs, how he got where he is today, and his vision for the future. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy today's episode with the talented and upcoming filmmaker, Jackson Lebsack. Well, Jackson, I'm stoked to have you on the show. I've been following your journey like I shared before. And first question for you, man, is do you remember the first time you picked up a camera? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. But uh, yes, I do. First time I picked up a camera was back when I was, I think, a God, I want to say it was in seventh grade or eighth grade, maybe, ah, maybe sophomore in high school, even it was in my younger years, either I, I want to say sophomore in high school is more accurate. Um, but my uncle bought a brand new souped up built out T3i, uh, Canon T3i, which is no crazy camera, but he had a nice lens and I've never touched like the newer DSLRs. And uh, we were on a family reunion at Redfish Lake in Idaho. And I saw his camera and was like, oh, can I try this thing out? I've never taken pictures before. And he was like, for sure. And snapped some shots of like some squirrels and stuff and was just baffled at the quality of the cameras that, 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 you know, where the technology went, I hadn't seen how easy it was to take good photos. And, and, uh, that was the hook, man, right there. I was like, Whoa, this is cool. I can capture anything. And it's like a, such a rad way to show my, my, my view. Yeah. It always starts with a good, good shot of a squirrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Did you feel like pretty early on, like, did you have a moment where you realized like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Or how did that work? You know, it's pretty funny, man. That trip, that, that, that very much, uh, that, that first touch of the camera right then and there was pretty much the, uh, the moment where I was kind of like, wow, this is insane. I don't know why it resonated with me so much, but ever since it like, sparked this new passion for adventure and hiking and it was a means to get out into the world and go see things and, and was a purpose for me to do these things and uh ever since I, I went back home after the trip bought a real camera for myself and then started in photography and been hands-on with the camera ever since a sophomore in high school um and uh yeah i mean that story evolves into going from photography for six months to trying to make uh my first video and i filmed me and my friends summer in uh, in hood river oregon which is where i'm from and i just montaged it into this three minute video uh released it in my town and it went kind of spread like a wildfire throughout my town which isn't saying much you know town's small but it got like five thousand views uh for my first video i was like pumped on that and i was walking through the town and people were complimenting the video that they saw they were like you made hood look so sick and, hmm. and i was like oh unreal and and, and those compliments kind of gave me the confidence to be like okay maybe this is the path, you know, I love what I do. And I loved making that video and people are digging it. What if I go head down and make this a career? And literally since then, junior in high school, I went tunnel vision, 
and, and chased it and had all sorts of up and downs to get to where I am now, but <laughs> it's part of the journey. Totally. And I wonder like during this time when you're like approaching your senior year in high school, is like, is Casey Neistat a thing? Like, is there that kind of generation of people who are like starting to become like full-time through YouTube or is this kind of pre that era? I feel like it was a thing, but to be honest with you, I wasn't that into YouTube at the time. I was kind of more into watching documentaries and making, making documentary like films and, and was more interested in that side of the film world. Um, I, I didn't really watch vlogs or anything until I stumbled upon Casey uh, I think my senior year in high school or so. Mm -hmm. And I really liked his take on how he like, you know, changed it up and it was more like cinematography and he was a super interesting character. And um, it was a lot less talking to the camera about bullshit, you know, and more just like moving on with the story and capturing what's important. And um, I, I was about it. So that, that was the first hook, but YouTube never was really an avenue that I thought I would be uh undertaking until coming to work for jamie is he's the one who really opened my eyes to the uh the the, the fact that it's a you got to do it if you're in this world yeah it's like still evolving today it's still a oh, bit yeah. like the wild west and so you made the decision to go to college which didn't last long but um can you talk about what that was like and how that evolved into dropping out of school and like what made you lead to that decision for sure um you know like like any other kid i was pressured by society and parents and all sorts of you know all sorts of factors friends going to college everything right it's the thing you're supposed to do and um i i was like okay perfect i'll go to film school and i got into montana state university which was a school that i thought looked cool me and my best friend were gonna go there it was a lot like where i was from i wanted to ski and just learn about film and try and meet people and make connections. But after about really the first month of being there, you know, I realized one, I, I never was a big fan of school. I was never bad at it, but never was a fan. Um, and I, I went part-time for my first semester. So that helped me kind of be able to make films on the side while I wasn't doing school. Cause I was trying to get my in-state residency and everything. So I was really only taking two film classes and that was it. But in these classes, you know, kids were getting judged on, on their art and the, and the work that they were creating, they're getting a letter grade off of it. And it just opened my eyes and made me realize, you know, how, how can, how can a teacher, you know, judge what you're, you're creating? If you think it's cool, it's cool. Uh, and that was a huge turnoff to me to be, to be thinking that one kid thinks his piece of art's rad. And then the teacher just gives you a letter grade and says, it's shit. It's like, well, who's whose words right there it's art you know you're on your own mission so that was a big swear for me uh that 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 you know pushed me away as well as the fact that it was more hollywood focused filmmaking and i never been interested in making movies i want to make documentaries and tell a story and have a greater impact on the world um and and, and it just was it didn't make sense man spending that much money and, and doing you know like i said getting judged for your work uh when it's an art form just didn't didn't ring it for me. And I ended up meeting a kid uh, when I was like about six months in. So like the first semester um, and he kind of took me under his wing and was starting a business and wanted to hire me to like film for him and help create content for his business. And his name was Reed Remitz. And I went and worked for him. And then 
kind of was like, oh, well, this is starting to go well. I'm starting to get clients and build the portfolio. And I dropped out of college six months in. <laughs> so <laughs> then I just went head down and struggled and I uh, didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I knew that college wasn't the route for me. And I just wanted to make videos and get my work out there. And I figured uh, if I market myself right, I can figure out a way to get to the next step. Totally. The classic dropout story. And yeah. curious, were you starting to make an income at that point? And what was the combo like with your parents? Um, my, my, my dad, my parents are rad. They're the reason that I'm who I am today. They're best parents I could ever ask for. Um, I'm an only child, by the way. So uh, parents are very much involved in my life all throughout. It still are today. We have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. My dad was, uh, you know, I didn't come from much money as a kid and he always wanted to go to school growing up, but he never could afford it. And so he worked really hard in his life to be able to help me through college. And, um, you know, he was helping fund, uh, my college, a lot of it. And so when I told him I wanted to leave and drop out, that definitely stung his heart a little bit. Uh, my mom was a little more on board cause she knew who I was and she saw the passion and and didn't think it was necessarily the right route to go to school either. My dad saw it too, but was definitely just a little more like, oh, believes in higher education and all that sort of thing. Um, so they were on board, took a little bit of convincing, wasn't anything too bad. Uh, and that's a, that's a huge plus, you know, is when your parents support what you're trying to do. So yeah, man, pulled the trigger and then um, yeah, it evolved into into what it is today. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that, man, because both my parents both went they're split up, but they went went to Ivy League schools. And uh, yeah, like their generation, that's just like what you do, you know, but thankfully, right. I also have supportive parents when I first dropped out, they were, I think a little nervous. But you know, when you have that kind of vision for yourself, you got to just trust in that. And so what happened with this gig? Because um, I know, I know you landed ski.com's epic dream job which like over 1100 people applied for it and you you got it finding out about it with 24 hours left to submit which is <laughs> fucking wild um okay but before we get to that story like you know kind of to fill in the maybe the not so sexy part of the story is like what what happened with this gig of this guy you were working under right um, so yeah, to answer your question on if I was making an income, I, I was not making much of an income. The, the cool part was, was that my parents were, you know, supporting the fact that I wanted to leave school and they were on board to help me, you know, out with food and in a struggling time. And it's because we were, you know, not spending this money towards a dorm room or, or towards, you know, the insane amount of money that was going towards college. We took a lot you know, less out of that to help me live a little bit. And I also got taken in by the kid I was working for. I was getting paid like 500 bucks a month and I'm working like so hard on this production company, like just ridiculous hours, but I wasn't in it for the money. I was trying to build my portfolio and, and do my thing and freelance. And anyway, ball started rolling with the kid that I was with and uh, yeah, just started marketing man just like emailing as many people as i could sending my work to as many people as i possibly could and lucky enough the kid gave me a place to to live uh for the period i was working for him and we really became like kind of this uh uh duo of a, of business owners and you know he i was living in his super rad little uh guest home and, and 
we were we were grinding on this new idea and all i knew is that i wanted to be a filmer and i was you know this was the first step in getting there and i was just making videos making 500 bucks a month um and uh had a roof over my head and and was getting food every week so it was all good um but it did like you know it sent so many emails and sent out my work to so many people and it was just getting denied after denied after denied and it was so like just kind of you know like any journey early in the process you got to figure it out you got to try one thing if it doesn't work you got to try the next and you just got to be relentless and you can't stop and um so through that you know not so pretty process getting shut down getting demotivated but eventually you know i'm changing my email template i'm changing my pitch to a point where all of a sudden you know all these no's are starting to turn into a, into more yes yes we'll hire you sure for free whatever i was working for free i would do anything just to just to build it out and um eventually you know dial in the pitch dial in the, the email template start landing more and more gigs and then Big kicker for me that started really getting my ball rolling was getting hired by this company named Vinderhow, who I'd worked with previously, uh, but they hit me up to actually fly me out to Nepal. They didn't pay me for the video that I did for them, but they paid for all the expenses. They paid for travel, airfare, food, lodging, all of that. Um, and it was my first gig that I was hired to travel and film for, which was a huge milestone for me, being the kid that just wanted to travel the world and film. Uh, so Nepal kickstarted that whole movement and it just, I don't know, man, sparked the drive. And then next thing, you know, I land a job going to Kauai to film for a hotel. And then I go to Florida to film for, uh, the kid I was working with and started traveling a lot. And then that portfolio just started looking gnarlier and gnarlier. And, and then it just kind of rolled, man. And it's been doing that ever since. And then the, like you said, the ski.com dream job was really the major break. Uh, and did that, did that job, did that job come like, what was, where were you at with that production company with your, with your buddy? Yeah. Yeah. So we're at, let's see, I did, I do all those travels. I go to Nepal, I go film in Kauai, I film in Florida, uh, do all these crazy travel gigs, have a decent looking website up now. And this, and this is, this is where we're kind of like starting to detach. Like we were together for a while and we're filming for these companies. And then we parted our ways kind of towards the end. And I launched my own Jackson Lebsack media uh, just due to business stuff. And he wasn't into content creation. Like I was, he was more on the business side of things. And I just realized, eh, you know, I need to take this into my own hands and part ways on great terms, but Towards the end of those that travel section, I think we're coming into like summer 2018, 2019 here. Um, and I was just living in Bozeman at the time, just in his place, like I said. Uh, and so once the travel wind down, I moved back to Hood River, launched my own production company, my own website, built a portfolio off all the travel films I just made and all the travel videos and clients I'd worked with. And then was working in Hood River and started just landing a bunch of local gigs with just connections that I had growing up as a kid, reaching out to anyone and everyone that might need a video. You know, that's what it's all about. People ask me all the time, how do you get a job? How do you scale yourself? You got to start with what you know and who you know, right? Like I, I just was hitting up like the local real estate agent that I'd known since I was a little kid and odds are, right? If they've known you that long, they're just going to do it to help you out. And mm -hmm. then, and, and, and so it really started there. Coffee shops, real estate, 
once I went back home, I was just freelancing for anything cheap. I was doing it for free. Some were paying higher and higher. And then I just scaled there, did a, did a bunch of freelance work till summer winded down, moved back to Bozeman and continued my own program of freelancing. And then um, two months into freelancing back in Bozeman, uh, I saw that dream job application. Okay. So tell us the story. Cause this is wild. You like find out about this with literally a day left over a thousand people have submitted already. And like, are you thinking to yourself like this, do you feel like a calling or you're just like, Oh, I have nothing to lose. Like what's going through your head when you're like, I'm about to drop everything I'm doing to make this film. Dude, it was, it was insane. I, I wake up this one morning scrolling on Instagram and like come across this ad for the, 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 the trip or the job. And I'm like looking at the thing and it's like the classic, like get paid $10,000 to travel the world and do all this crazy stuff. Right. And you're just like, there's no way I'm going to be the one to win. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good to be true. All that sort of thing. I'm like, there's probably millions of applicants and everything. And I'm scrolling and then I start reading and I'm like, they're looking for a skier. They're looking for someone who can content create and every detail that they were looking for just matched exactly who I was as a person. And then I saw, you know, that uh, I saw that, that all the, the submissions and everything and, I, and, and there was 1100 people and I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of a lot. But in hindsight, you know, there's there's plenty bigger, so I might as well go for it and and uh, yeah, man, dropped everything. It was like, ah, it just feels like it fits me as a person. I, I just got to do it. And so I don't know, man, I looked at some of the submissions and they were all kind of like this, like they were just filming with their cell phone, one-on-one -on -one interview style of who they were as a person and why they should be hired. And, and the, the, the application process was very vague. They didn't say what they wanted. The company ski.com did not say what they were looking for. They just said, send a 60 second video about why you deserve the job. So I'm looking at these applications, people are just talking to the camera and I'm like, boom, there's my golden ticket. Like I gotta be the filmmaker that I am and tell my story in a 60 second video. So I took a different approach. I filmed a 60 second video within 24 hours and uh, yeah, tried to add some humor in there and just be different and, and, and narrate and actually make a little film in 60 seconds. And next thing you know, it landed me in the finalist position uh, and then I get on some Skype interviews and had to talk and, and, and do the personable stuff. And then uh, next thing I know, I'm announced the winner and I'm freaking out because it was like you said, man. I mean, it was literally the last day of the competition holding period. And I just found it and had to whip the video up in like eight hours. <laughs> that's but, uh, that is wild because. I watched the video and I was like, dude, that's a really well done video considering you had. I mean, even if you had a week, it's well done. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And, and it's hilarious. Like, I like the humor. Uh, I think there's a scene you like drop a bunch of eggs. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was so well done. And I feel like it captured, you know, I can imagine I didn't see the job application, but I'm like, wow, that it captivated me. I didn't see any of the other interviews, but. Um, right. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that uh, quote. It's like, don't wait for the iron to be hot to strike. You got to strike now. And then the iron uh -huh. will be hot. Something to that effect, but yeah. really it's, you know, taking life into your own hands. And like you said, why not? So <laughs> nothing to lose, right? I'm trying to make my dream job. You got to work hard for it. So that's, that's a big thing, man. You got to do that stuff. Jump on it. Totally. And so obviously it sounds like an epic 
experience. I mean, it's an epic job, literally epic experience, but like, what were like, the, what are the parts that people don't see? Like, yes, you're traveling to resorts, you're traveling the world, but like you're working your ass off. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. I, uh, you nailed it on the hammer there. I mean, it was like, it was unreal, like most insane experience two months of my life. But you're right on paper. It's one thing, right? I'm looking at this itinerary and I'm like literally about to fly from Stowe, Vermont to Madonna di Campiglio, Italy to uh, I think next stop was San Anton, Austria, and then Courchevel, France, and then Verbier, Switzerland, and then Hakaba, Japan, and then after Japan to Whistler to Fernie, all in Canada, and then from Canada, you know, road trip through the Western U.S. And Are you going I, solo, or do you have someone like with you, or like a team? So I didn't, I didn't know that answer at the time, but I had buddies that were like runners up in the competition meet up with me in different locations. Throughout Europe, I had uh, Dan Sherman, who's like the marketing uh, head of marketing at, at ski.com. Mm-hmm. So I always had someone for the most part with me. There's a few destinations I was solo. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this itinerary and, and in each place I'm like booked, man, like from nine in the morning to nine at night with the most insane experiences you've ever seen, like helicopter rides through France, freaking paraglide after eating charcuterie boards on the freaking, (laughs) you know, sky pool, like literally insane thing after insane thing day after day. And I'm looking at this, like, this is going to be unreal. (laughs) Um, Long story short, you know, I, I go to Stowe, Vermont as the first destination, have an unreal time. I'm just mind blown that, 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 that this is all happening. And then I get to Europe. It's insane. But then reality kind of starts to kick in toward the latter half of Europe where it's like, okay, I just, I just went from West Coast to East Coast. So I was a little jet lagged. And then I went from East Coast to Europe. So I'm a little jet lagged. And, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm in each destination for maybe like three or four days max. So you're kind of just go, 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 go. So on top of this jet lag and constant travel, I'm, like I said, literally booked nine to nine every day doing crazy stuff. And the human body can kind of only handle so much of that. Like it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to skydive or snowmobile. I just want to sleep. And again, it was absolutely insane, but my body broke down about a month into it. When I hit Fernie, I started to get so sick. I couldn't even work. I was staying up till like three in the morning every night too, because I had gnarly deliverables that I was uh, trying to put together and going into this job. I knew I wanted to work as hard as I could because, uh, you know, it, it was being publicized all over the place and it was a huge opportunity. So, um, I was trying to go above and beyond, but definitely burned myself and got super sick halfway through the trip and then had to call ski.com and they accommodated uh, and they were always super cool and helpful about things. But it was just tough because every resort and every place I went to wanted to give me the best possible experience that that resort offered so that I could show, uh, you know, to tourists how amazing the place is. But when you do that, you know, 18 destinations in a row, you kind of... <laughs> You kind of die a little bit. Yeah, yeah, your adrenaline's like maxed out. Oh, it maxed out. Wow. That's wild. And so to hop around a little bit, you currently work for Jamie O'Brien. Anyone who's not listening or anyone who's listening but isn't familiar with surfing, he's one of the best surfers in the world. Um, he's an icon. He's also 
innovating in a very unique way with how he's taken content and YouTube into his own hands. How did Jamie O'Brien come about? Yeah. So actually, uh, before I got the dream job, one of the freelance jobs I landed during the summer, uh, while I was in hood river, I did a documentary film out in Maui, uh, for these kids that I had met, uh, on an earlier trip I did to Maui. I think it was just a family trip. And I met these kids and their dad that we were staying with out there. Their name was the Spencer family. And they were like incredible world-class hydrofoilers that are, you know, chasing that as their full-time career. And their dad saw some of my work and was like, man, how would you feel about flying out here and making a documentary about my kids? You know, they're going to do the Molokai to Oahu crossing. They're going to be racing in hood river. They're going to be racing all sorts of races throughout Maui. Could we lock down a two week window where we film this project? And I was amped. So I did that documentary with one of my film buddies, Caden Sponhauer made uh, this entire 30 minute film on these kids. And then throughout that job made a ton of connections within the surf world. Uh, Kai Lenny's filmer played a huge role in meeting Jamie. His name's uh, Ryan Johnson. I met Johnny DeCesare, who's the Poor Boys Productions guy, uh, as well as so many other names. But long story short, when Jamie was looking for a new filmer, he went to his connections and those connections tossed my name through the grapevine after meeting them out there doing that documentary. Uh, and the next thing you know, I get a text from freaking Jamie O'Brien and I'm like, whoa, dude, I've been watching this guy since I was a kid, man. Are you kidding me? Uh, and then there you go. There's the next big opportunity. Uh, and obviously I couldn't turn that one down. That's so wild, dude. And I think I heard you say it was free, right? Like the gig or the documentary was a free gig, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I, I, I get all these questions all the time from, from, from kids and aspiring filmmakers about, you know, how do I do this? How do I film? How do I travel? How do I blah, blah, blah. And, and frankly, you gotta eat some shit <laughs> to get to where you want to get to. I made that entire 30 minute documentary for free. Uh, and it's a piece of work that I'm super proud of. I uh, paid for the plane ticket. He paid for us to stay in his house. Um, but it wasn't, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't get hungry and chasing the dollars when you don't have a portfolio to show for it. But right there, you know, I knew that opportunity was huge. I'd take it for free. I knew they were connected in the, in the world of surfing and, and, uh, and water sports and action sports. So I knew I wanted to go there with a mindset that I wanted to create the best film I could create out of the passion I had to make films. And, and on top of that, meet and connect with as many people in that industry as I could. And, uh, connections is kind of the key player in a lot of, uh, jobs that I've, you know, been able to take on. Yeah. It's just constantly putting yourself out there. And it's interesting too. I interviewed this guy, Steven Kotler last week. He's one of the world's experts on flow states and peak performers. And like one of the key things he talks about is like, you need intrinsic motivation that, that actually outperforms extrinsic motivation. As long as like your basic human needs are met. And you just care. It's like so apparent for anyone who watches your videos or just as I've dove into your story, like you just love this, man. <laughs> and if you love something, you will you will do whatever it takes, whether it's free or not. And I think looking at all the breadcrumbs of your kind of history, it's really cool to see how it, everything has just come together to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. that that's exactly it. I, I, I really believe in the ideology that if you love what you do, 
whether it's a job that makes money or not. I think in the world we live in today, there's a way to build so many different business avenues through whatever it is that you love that you can bring, bring in a lot of different revenue streams through it, you know? But the main thing is, is to love it because you want to wake up going to work every day, happy and, and psyched on what you're doing, not, not working the nine to five to just get your white picket fence in your fancy car. Uh, you know, <laughs> that ain't, that ain't what you're after. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so, so, so that was, that was big. That's exactly it. I just, I had a passion for it and, and it was kind of the mindset of no plan B, you know, if this freaking, if this method doesn't work, I'm going to try the next one until, until it does. Yeah. I love that. And speaking of working with Jamie, he's a character. What's, um, what's the biggest thing you've learned working with Jamie? Oh, never, never tell him. Yes. <laughs> if you ask if you to do something, never say yes. Cause he'll hold it to the grave. <laughs> As in like getting you to do some, one of his crazy stunts. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fly under the radar and, and only jump in when you want to jump in. Otherwise, you, you uh, give him an inch, he'll take a mile. <laughs> yeah. And what does that look like? Like, what is your, I mean, even to get this interview, I know you've had some crazy hours. Like, what is, what is a normal day or like week in the life look like for you with this gig? Yeah. Well, when I first moved here uh, and for the first kind of year that I was out here, I uh, came here with the mindset, you know, I'm, I'm coming here for the job. I'm focused hundred percent on the job. I don't even want to party. I don't even care to meet many friends. I just want to do my job as good as I can uh, and really focus on this. And so uh, I was very much living by Jamie's schedule for the first year, uh, which is, you know, we're 24 seven on call. I'm going to get a text from Jamie pretty much every day. If the waves are good, that we're surfing here or there or whatever. And I got to be ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a wild schedule, man. I really don't know what the day holds until the day of, uh, and, and he works with us and, and, and tries to give us a heads up if we're not filming the day before, or if we're planning on filming the day of, but basically, uh, we have just a dream set up cause we both live right here at pipe and all I really care to do is surf. So when I'm not filming, I'm just out there surfing and then I come in check my phone and if uh, I'm off, then I go surf again. So uh, yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. I, I just kind of play by, uh, by Jamie's plans and, and build my day around that. And, and I've got a car now within the last six months and I've made a ton of friends out here. So it's becoming a little bit more of my, uh, of a home. Right. So I, I'm, I am having a bit more fun going around to the other side of the Island, hanging out with friends. And sometimes, uh, the schedule and the job can throw a glitch in that system. But for the most part, you know how to work with it. And, um, yeah, just, just on call and, and ready to, to film when boss calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like a very like unconventional in terms of, uh, the hours working. Um, you dude, you produce some pretty uh, amazing, well, just content in general from your vlogs to, I really like the film you made about Italo Ferreira who anyone yeah. doesn't know who that is. I think he was the best surfer in 2020 or was it 2019? Yep. World champion. Uh, he's the most recent world champion. So whatever last season was. Gotcha. And I guess my question for you is like, what is, what's the favorite, if you have, do you have like a favorite film or piece of content that you've made? Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my chapter series is super close to me because that's uh, where I put my heart and soul and tell my personal journey and story. Uh, on my YouTube channel, uh, you know, and I think it's cool because I, I'd never seen that idea done before. 
It was something I wanted to do ever since I went to college is document my story unfolding in real time as I chase this passion that I'm not going to stop chasing. So you literally see the first episode with me filming on shitty cameras and it's like terrible quality and uh, narration is a lot less quality than it is now. And the, and it's just cool to see the evolution of like how not only the work is done uh, throughout the four episodes that I have, but also uh, it, it's cool to see kind of a young kid's dream turn into a reality throughout the the series because obviously when the first episode I'm just going to school to chase my dream of filming no idea what's going to happen but I have my ambitions and then those ambitions unfold through the series and I'm still making the episodes today I want to do that for the rest of my life but to answer your question that those, those films are, are some of my proudest as well as the Spencer story which is the job that got me connected with Jamie um, and then the work I've done for Jamie that Italo Ferrer documentary is one of my favorites. Me and Justin Graham, who's the other editor and filmer for Jamie, made that together. Um, and we worked super hard on it, pulled like an all-nighter to pull it off, had a deadline that was super tight. Had very limited footage to work with. It could have been way better if we had a, a longer time frame and more footage. But uh, for, for what we had and for how we created it, um, I'm super proud of that one. Uh, and, and then some vlogs in there too are, are rad, but like I said, you know, vlogging is, is just, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not a filmmaker's dream to make vlogs basically, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's, it's a, it's a business Avenue. And like I said, you gotta, uh, it, you know, if you're going to chase a dream job, uh, you gotta tap into other avenues to, you know, be able to make the, the living that you want to make. So totally. Yeah, it's been cool watching uh, your chapter videos. And, and well, everyone listening will have all this linked in the show notes, but not that many, like a lot of people tend to reflect on their accomplishments or whatever, like after it's happened. And I think that's one of the coolest things with what you're doing is like you said, you're documenting it in real time. So, which A, takes audacity because you just believe in yourself and you, you're like, hey, here's where I'm at, like take it or leave it. But it is <laughs> cool to see where you're at now. I'd be like, yeah, no, it didn't start like this. And here's the fucking proof. Uh, right. Here's literally where it started. Um, as a filmmaker, do you have, uh, like I've dabbled a little bit. One of my best friends also dropped out of school and started a film production company. Is there like a favorite part of the process that you have uh, being a filmmaker? Oh, the process. I love the whole thing. You know, I, I think it's really exciting when you uh, are, are in your young stage of filmmaking where you don't really have any clients under your belt and you don't really have a portfolio under belt under your belt. And then you land your first one. It's like the biggest deal ever. And then it goes from that first client to landing the first travel client where you actually get paid to fly around the world to go document something. I mean, for me, that was like the biggest mind blower of all time. I love filming. Now I'm getting paid to fly on a plane and go somewhere crazy in the world and, and capture culture or tourism or cool events. Like, I don't know, that, 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 that entire process of like scaling from ground zero to where your ambitions and dreams lie is uh, absolutely one of the most exciting and fun parts of it. And it still is today. I, I'm very, very happy and satisfied with where I am, but very much just getting started. Uh, and, and, and so it's fun to, to see my next ambitions and, and dreams unfold. You know, it's always a, a never ending process. That's cool to watch unravel. Yeah. I love that. And in terms of your job slash career, like what is something that most people don't know about, 
filmmaking or at least the filmmaking that you're doing? Oh, um, man, I don't know. That's a good question. What isn't obvious in these films? I, I would say people don't see the amount of time it takes to, to, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that it is to create these films. The last thing I want to do is be another kid on the freaking platform that's showing off their incredible life and fucking bragging to everyone about how sick they are uh, and, and this crazy yeah. life we, we that can, they live. We don't exactly need more of those on that. Yeah, no, no one needs more of that. I want to be there to inspire people to chase whatever it is that they want in life. And, and and to uh, go after their dreams and their ambition and prove to people that it's possible. You just got to have the right mindset to do it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, shoot, dude, I fucking, I, I don't know. I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, trying to, trying to be a, an inspiration, I guess, not so much a bragger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, and it definitely carries through watching your videos. You you have this like humility and and likability, which I think, I think, and at least personally, that's why I was drawn towards you. I'm like, wow, this dude's like authentic. You can actually relate to to his life, you know? Because it's funny you watch someone like Jamie O'Brien, who's like obviously such a badass and kind of um, maybe a unicorn in a sense of like how many people can surf like him. But it's fun to watch your take on things because like I feel like a lot of people can actually. Um, see themselves in your shoes yeah that's cool dude thank you yeah and so you're working with jamie now you've started your own youtube channel which is growing what do you have like a specific vision for your filmmaking career or are you just kind of going with the flow yeah absolutely i mean i always i always uh kind of roll with opportunity and let everything unravel and play things kind of month to month uh, especially the job i'm in right now um I have a lot of ambition and a lot of future goals. YouTube has absolutely become one of those. Um, after seeing Jamie's success on it and the people I've worked around on it, um, it's an avenue that I want to tap into and I'm realizing is uh, really cool because like you said, you know, people, people can maybe watch my chapter series or the documentaries I've made and look at it and say, wow, that's a really talented filmmaker. But you're kind of left at that. You know, you, you're, you're, you, it's, it's like, being a Italo Ferreira or a John John Florence, you're a unicorn and an absolute animal of a surfer uh, and incredibly talented at what you do. But people can't connect and relate to you on a, on a real level because you're just, uh, you know, talented at, at whatever it is that you're passionate about. And so Jamie kind of opened my eyes to this idea of YouTube and opening yourself up and becoming a little more vulnerable and like building an audience on a greater scale. Uh, and for what I want to do and what I'm passionate about, it, it, it's, uh, it's a avenue to get me to where I want to go. I, you know, like I told you about, I want to, I want to inspire people to chase what they, what it is that they're after and what they love and to be able to make these weekly sillier videos that aren't necessarily cream of the crop productions. Um, it's giving people an in, inside look at who I am as a person. And uh, it's it's been incredible to build an audience and, and be able to almost, I don't know, man, I've had incredible compliments uh, walking, you know, through through my life where her, people are coming up to me telling, telling me I've saved them from depression in a dark time with COVID and, and all sorts of, um, all, all sorts of compliments like that, whether it's comments or in real life, um 
it, it's inspiring for me to be able to uh, realize that I don't have to create incredible films um, to change people's minds and, and, and outlook on life and inspire them. So to answer your question on ambitions and dreams, YouTube is a, is a pathway right now that I'm doing to build and inspire and tap into a greater audience and let people connect with me on a deeper level. Um, but I want to have my own production company one day, uh, ideally be, you know, one of the big dogs in the game that's creating films that are very high quality productions and telling a greater story and having an impact on the world, whether it's climate change or um, other other issues or, or things that I'm passionate about or stories that I think are worth telling. That's that's where my passion in filmmaking lies. But then I see this other YouTube avenue as being a way to tap into an audience and uh, influence at a, at a greater scale. Mic drop, bro. That was a, an epic monologue. Uh, I really resonate with what you said there. And it's cool, man. It, like anyone who hasn't watched Jackson's videos, check them out. And you, it's cool too to look at the comments, man. Um, but yeah, you're definitely a, a light for people and you have a cool style of like, uh, you're kind of, you're funny and you also like have a really uh, incredible skill set for storytelling and documenting and, and anyone who's into any type of action sports, especially surfing. It's just, uh, it's incredible content. And Jackson, for people who want to connect with you, um, we'll have your YouTube, of course, linked uh, in the show notes. Where can people find you online? Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, YouTube. Uh, is at Jackson Lebsack. Uh, my Instagram's at Jackson Lebsack. My website is Jackson Lebsack or jlmedia.co now. I changed the URL. Um, you can also type in Jackson Lebsack Media. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, just the social presence through Instagram and YouTube and then websites, portfolio work in my, uh, my production company. So that, that's, that's the spot. That's the spot to be. Amazing. And yeah, everyone check out his work. You're going to be, uh, like, I have no doubt in my mind, you're going to be one of the biggest creators uh, on YouTube in, in your space. It's, uh, you know, like where, where you're at, like, I think 20,000 or something around there now, a subscriber, which is like, if you think about 20,000 people, that's like a mini stadium. It's an absurd amount of people. You know, we just get caught up in the, the numbers sometimes, but that's like already absurd and it's only going to be going up from there. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting for me to watch your journey and your growth. It, it already has been. And yeah, dude, appreciate you taking the time and chatting today. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate all the kind words and the, the opportunity to talk. Uh, always grateful to, to share my story and, and uh, yeah, try and show people my vision on the world. So I appreciate it a lot, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to that episode with Jackson Lebsack. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And really, check out his work. I, I don't say this just because he was on the show and, and they're live with me, but genuinely, he's going to be one of the biggest filmmakers in um, the action sports and documentary and storytelling. I don't have a doubt in my mind. He's already he's just 22 years old, and what he's already done and just his ethos and who he is is pretty inspiring so again thank you for listening and big favor to ask if you've been picking up what i've been putting down on these episodes it would mean so much to me if you took 30 seconds and just leave a quick review on itunes this way more people can find the show again thank you so much for tuning in and until next time